Wellness Force Radio. Feelings are essential, but they can't dictate our actions. We literally infect each other with our emotions. We came here for a special purpose. Let the purpose unveil itself. Knowing without doing is the same thing as not knowing. They're not just trackers. I'm going to wear this and it's going to help me do the right thing. Wellness Force Radio, episode 153 with Ali Reddy. You know, shame is really difficult, but shame lives in a Petri dish. And the minute that you start to shed light on it, it can't survive. It can't survive anymore. And so if you are struggling with something and you're listening to this podcast episode, I encourage you find a friend, find somebody that you trust. I promise you, you are going to just feel the biggest weight lifted off your shoulders. We're meant as humans to collaborate and go through things together. Like whatever you're experiencing, you're not actually meant to go through that alone. And so just know that and be brave, be courageous and tell someone about it. Because I, I guarantee you, no matter what it is, somebody's going to be able to say, hey, you know what? Me too. I would love to help you. Here's what worked for me. What's up, my friend? It's your host, Josh Trent. and Welcome back to another episode for your weekly access to global experts in all things wellness as we discover the physical and emotional intelligence we need to live life well. On this episode, we get to activate a life we love, and we're learning how to do that with Ali Reddy, a former national fitness trainer turned life coach, public speaker, and the podcast host of the Ali Reddy podcast, Activate a Life You Love, who describes herself as a recovering perfectionist and teaches authenticity and all things wellness to people across the world. My friend, you're gonna love this conversation because as we approach the new year, it's just time to let go of being perfect. And that's easier said than done. I mean, we all understand on a logical kind of brain level that perfection doesn't exist, yet why do so many voices in millions of heads tell them unless they're perfect, then they have to carry around a backpack filled with shame? We know that changing the inner dialogue is a continuum. It has stages to it. And Ali is sharing her transformation, why she believes to really activate a life we love. There's not one single method of discovering the inspired action to do so. And speaking of inspired action, I want to challenge you to take a breath because if you've been feeling low energy lately or have been looking for a way to jumpstart a new nutrition program that you're entering into, today is the day you get to drink it in. Some new high quality micronutrients that you can get through our show sponsor, Organifi, the creators of Organifi Green Juice, which has one of my favorite ingredients in the world baked right inside called ashwagandha. Have you heard of this? Listen to our episode with Evan Brand, uh, Wellness Force Radio 111. You'll learn a lot more in depth about the power of this adaptogen, including stress reduction, mood elevation, and its inflammation-fighting properties. It's put right in the Organifi green juice. Just hop over to shoporganifi.com, enter code wellnessforce at checkout to get 20% off this next level green juice. You will not regret it. I've been drinking it every day. I just got back from travel in Chicago where I took the single serve packets game changer. Now we've been digging really deep into somatic awareness and physical intelligence lately. So this episode with Ali today is right on time because as humans, we're meant to collaborate and go through experiences together. Whatever you're experiencing right now in your life, on your growth path, you're actually not meant to go through it alone. We talk about this with Ali, that being brave is actually cultivating the community around you and asking in and allowing in that support that you deserve. So by the end of this podcast, you're going to be inspired to build a framework for your life in creating what you want in 2018. And it's perfect timing because in case you didn't know, we only get one journey on this rock spinning in the middle of outer space. So really pause the tape today with Ali multiple times. Take some notes. Take some breaths. This is such a gem of a conversation. Let's drop in with Ali Reddy. Well, I am sitting here. I am talking to Ali Reddy, a former national fitness trainer turned public speaker 
She's also a life coach and a podcast host. It is Allie's calling and her life's purpose to guide and coach others and help them to create breakthroughs in their own lives so that they can activate a life they love. Allie, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm so grateful. You know, I found you organically on Facebook. I watched your Facebook cover video of you at your event. We're going to talk about your event, the Activate a Life You Love event. And I thought this as a woman, I have to get her message on wellness for. So thank you for joining us today. Oh, well, you're making me blush. I appreciate that. What's something unique about you that a lot of people don't know? You share a lot of yourself on your podcast, on your website, in your guides, in your speaking events. So you're, you're very open with your connection to spirituality, fitness, and wellness. But yeah. what's something that you don't normally talk about on a podcast? Something unique about me, I, um, I'm actually trilingual. So I lived abroad for three years, and it's a really big part of my heart and why I love to travel and I feel like culture and just meeting people of different backgrounds is, is such a an important part of our lives. So yeah, it's something that I love and I adore and I don't get to speak um, Spanish and Italian is what I speak. I don't get to speak them enough, but um, it is a big part of who I am. I love Italian. It is such a romantic language. It's such an expressive language. My good half is Sicilian. My other half is English. So what connected you to the Italian? Why did you want to learn Italian? So I studied abroad in Mexico for two years, and then my university required that I spoke a third language in order to graduate, and I was running short on time, and so I said, well, I'll move to Italy for the year. And, you know, once I arrived, I already understood everything. It was just a matter of, you know, learning the grammar. And I, I fell in love. I mean, it's hard not to fall in love with Italy. And that really became an obsession for me and my family. And actually, my husband and I got married in Italy and it holds a really special place in my heart. Wow. Well, you have a very eclectic past. You used to be a national fitness trainer. Now you speak and you coach, you know, 50,000 plus people through your podcast and your website and everything else. But you actually learned a lot of what you do from your parents. They had entrepreneurial success and failures. And you learned firsthand that the best way to make a living was by first making a genuine life, which can yes. we let that land for a moment? I mean, that is the most truthful statement when we look at anyone listening to the podcast that's looking at a life change. How did that shape your vision of what you're creating now uh, with ReadyFit and then also with your events with Activate a Life You Love? Oh, gosh. Well, I call myself an accidental entrepreneur because after watching my parents for so many years, I actually swore that I would never uh, become an entrepreneur. You know, they owned more brick and mortar. So that brings its own amount of challenges. You know, when people don't show up, you know. I would be working for my parents. I've been working for my parents since I was probably eight years old. I don't know, but there's there's something about watching them create something from scratch and really nurturing it. And it, it just taught me this different type of work ethic, but also what is possible. And after working for big box gyms for so long, I just thought, you know what? I, I'm tired of having my wings clipped. Like I'm ready to to fly free and to see what I'm made of. I mean, I'd be lying if I didn't say that it wasn't hard every day, but I wouldn't choose any other path. And you worked in the collegiate athletics for a while. I was checking out a little bit about you online and you had some time at the University of Colorado Boulder. You were a group fitness instructor. You also worked for Wellbridge. So your roots run pretty deep in fitness, but it's interesting when I look at you and your signature, kind of your presence online, it's a lot more geared towards wellness and seeing the human as a whole. Why is that? Because after so many years of working with clients, I would say it was probably about 10 years in, I realized 
that we weren't really talking about fitness and nutrition. That was really about 5% of the conversation. The true conversation at heart was, hey, what's going on at home? Like, what's going on in your relationship? Um, what's going on at work? Why are you sabotaging yourself? It was, you know, the real stuff. I think fitness and nutrition is, is very important, but there are so many aspects to our lives that if those things are not going well, if we're not happy, if we're not tapped into those things, I think everything else is going to suffer. So I, I found that by connecting with people genuinely on a deeper level, that is what got them success. The deeper connections, I believe, kind of are the ones that are hardest to make, especially if that's not someone's skill set. I think we live in this society, tell me if I'm wrong, Allie, where we are just bombarded with information and it's so easy to be confused. And it's so easy to do something for a week or two and then say, ah, that didn't work. But we know that good things take time. Yeah. You have this really great way of saying this. You say that your fitness programs and your wellness programs are focused on progress over perfection. Mm -hmm. That right there, I mean, we could do a whole podcast on that sentence. Tell us what that means to you, that one sentence of progress over the perfection. You know, for me, I am a recovering perfectionist. Every day, it's what I am recovering from. And it's something that along my journey, I realized that as I was being more gentle with myself, as I was giving myself grace, as I was listening to my intuition and my heart, I was able to make progress. And so it just, you know, you've heard the the saying progress, not perfection. And I just thought, you know, there's something about not that has a negative connotation. I just thought, what if it's progress over perfection? Like, what if I just choose that every single day? And, um, you know, like I'm not an advocate for more pain, no gain and, um, you know, cheat meals and there's no excuses. I feel like people need more grace. I mean, we know when we need to push our clients, but we also, we, we have to understand there's so much going on in their lives. So for me, progress over perfection, it, um, it's actually what my podcast used to be called because it's just, it's such a great daily reminder. I feel like if I can succeed in that, then I'll always feel good about where I'm at and how I'm moving forward. I found that someone that's dealing with this constant drip of existential stress, in other words, they're in a relationship that's causing them just stress all day long, or they're in a job that's causing them stress all day long. Do you see this with clients and you know your podcast is Activate a Life You Love? I think it's easy to have great health and wellness and abundance in our health behaviors if we're living our purpose, if we're living our dream. But what about the people that are possibly listening to this on a car ride to a job that maybe they don't love or to a situation that's not making making them feel like they're thriving. Don't you think that's the harder change point than when you're already living a life you love instilling these new healthy habits? I do. And to those people who are, you know, listening to this thinking, you know, I'm, I'm really not living my life's purpose or I'm, I'm not happy with my job. What I would say is um, take some time to get really quiet, go out into nature, you know, turn all electronics off and I believe that our intuition will always guide us to exactly where we need to be. And maybe there's something that's sitting on their heart right now where they're saying, you know, I've wanted to start a podcast or I've always wanted to go and start my own business and I'm too afraid. And the best advice I could give is just, there's never going to be a right time. There's never going to be a right time. And you've just got to take the leap and know that um, you are going to fall on your face so many times. I was just reflecting on this last year and there's so many things I feel like I've accomplished and there's so many things I feel like I have completely failed at and, and that's okay. That's just part of the journey, but I would rather be trying towards what I feel like is my life's purpose than just showing up to my nine to five and just knowing that I'm just doing enough so that I don't get fired and I'm just making enough so that I get by. 
I look at the first 50 podcasts that I did, and it was definitely progress over perfection <laughs> because I, I hear myself, right? And so I've even had messages of people that have listened to episodes, you know, one through 20. And if you haven't, go listen to episode one. You'll be blown away. I was such a different human. I didn't have the strength and the courage in that moment. I faced the fear and did it anyways. And I think you can relate to this in your coaching, you know, people that might feel disempowered because they don't have this big concrete slab of progress to stand on. That's actually how we create the progress is by doing it even when we're feeling the emotion of fear, even when we're feeling like, ah, am I enough? Can I do this? Have you felt this when people go through a life change, you know, whether they want to let go of 50 pounds or get more energy or how do they make that change even in the face of fear? What's worked for you in helping people in that way? You know, I think it's like you said, what putting one foot in front of the other. I think having small consecutive wins over time really starts to show people, okay, like I'm really getting the hang of this. I never want people to jump into something and try to change everything at once because, you know, as you mentioned, two weeks go by, they don't see the changes they really want. And so they leave and they try to find something new. And so I'm all about the slow and steady because at the end of the day, Um, If we really do want this to last, then you should be willing for it to go slower so that it can last a lot longer. And I always say that I am, am probably not the best fitness coach because I put myself out of a job. Like I don't want to have a Jenny Craig. If I'm doing my job, then I am helping you set the strongest foundation that you don't need me in six months. Like you might call me because you miss me and I miss you too. <laughs> but if I'm doing my job, you should be flying free and you should have those key principles that you need to succeed forever. That is such a great point. So anyone out there that's seeking a fitness professional or even a coach, I I was an online coach for three years, just recently stepped down from that to do podcasting full-time yet. I would never want to coach someone for longer than six months because then I'm not taking them from A to B. Now that mindset flies in the face alley of the 24-hour fitnesses, the good lives, people that want to have people on 25 packs for, you know, seven years straight. That's not what we're looking for though, for sustainable change. We get to show up perfectly imperfect. And this is actually in your video. You talked about this at your event. You were like, here I am, perfectly imperfect. Let's have a conversation. Let's have a real conversation. Why did that come through you? That whole event, I was utterly terrified. Like, it's so funny because we have these big dreams, but we're also terrified of them coming true. Like, what am I going to do when that day comes? And so it was this surreal juggling act of like, I'm living my dream right now and like, Oh crap. Like I'm, I'm really doing it. I I just, I kind of want to dispel something to people is none of us really know what we're doing. Like we have no idea. We just put one foot in front of the other and we give it our best shot. And, you know, I just feel like if I show up and be in the moment and be present and listen to the people in the room, then I'm always going to give them what they need. Like, I don't have to be nervous about how the day is going to go because all I have to do is be present and in the moment. And man, that day is just surreal to me because while it was so amazing, I was terrified the whole time, the whole time. Wow. Well, it definitely doesn't show. And I think that's why I felt your energy. That's why I believe you to be so authentic and why your message is right on time because you literally just had a podcast called Coping with the Unknown where you talked about this. You know, you're in this phase of your life where I think you just had a birthday, you turned 31 and you were kind of looking like taking an inventory of what's going on with life and 
where you're going to go next. Yet you've achieved a lot. And I think people can relate to this, especially someone listening to the show that is an achiever, right? They're that upholder personality type that Gretchen Rubin likes to call. What do you believe you're looking at now as we look at the unknown? So you see this space ahead of you, which by the way, none of us know exactly what's going to happen in the future. That's exactly what you were just talking about. What do you think you approach that like? Are there a few variables or frameworks that you can put into place so that the unknown isn't so uncomfortable? Yeah, you know, there's one thing that really nails it, and that is the role that spirituality has played for me. And and when I say spirituality, you know, that can mean anything to many different people. So for me, it's just this mindset of, of knowing that if it's not this, then it's something better. Trusting that if it's not what I'm supposed to be doing, then it's something that I can't even fathom how amazing it's going to be. It's taking the time every day to get quiet and really stay true to my intuition and my heart and make sure I'm doing the things that fill me up. But to trust that the things that I desire that are of my heart, they're already coming. And so if I can just rest in that and and be in pure joy every single day, those things are going to come to me so much more quickly. And that's why I so believe in this, you know, the law of attraction and the abundance mindset is I don't believe in competition. I mean, I believe that if someone's listening to this podcast and they connect with you, they should work with you and vice versa. I mean, there is just enough to go around. And I think that when we can get to that place in our lives, there's so much peace because you never have to worry about sizing up to someone else. You can just be confident in who you are and know that the right people are going to land in front of you that, that, that need your services and that need to be blessed by your work. I was in an airplane a few months ago and we were flying over this huge city. I think, um, where was I? Oh, I was coming back to San Diego and I was realizing that in San Diego, there's 3 million plus people. And I thought, oh my God, Even if I tried my absolute most, there's no way that I'm going to be able to reach all these 3 million people in San Diego. I think when we get that plane view, that's the true meaning of the 30,000 foot view. We start to understand like how big this world truly is and how many people need help and support in their wellness and really in creating this life that they love. What do you think about the way that people communicate in regards to that healthy competition? Do you think competition is healthy in any regard or do you think we just get to kick competition out the window? It can be definitely healthy. I think where, you know, where we can take inspiration and we can know what's out there, I think that's really, really important. I think that for people like me who maybe have a background of perfectionism or whatnot, then, you know, with that comes comparison in the passenger seat and, you know, shame and guilt riding in the back seat. So I think you just have to be careful of of how much that's happening. And I really do. I try to keep my eyes on my own paper because I, I want it to be my authentic message. And I find that too often if I am looking outside, I might regurgitate a lot of that and think that it's mine, but it's actually not. So I do. I think that there's a healthy balance for sure. But it's so much more fun when you can get to the place of just knowing that you don't have to worry about that. Oh, such a good point. What was coming up for me is I was curious about your perfectionism cloak. We had a guest on the show and it was Ella from Honor with Ella. And she had mentioned a quote that she had read that was, perfection is really just fear wearing different clothes. Yes. You said you're a recovering perfectionist. Where did that drive for perfection come from in the first place? Mm, Million dollar question. I have traced back, I mean, through therapy and reading lots of books, I have tried to trace back where that initiated. And I, I don't really know. I know that being an athlete growing up and, and really 
being competitive in that sense, I think that played a really significant role. And then especially in my career, you know, when I was a national trainer, you know, doing videos for Xbox, there was a lot of pressure. And for my personality type, when I was in the height of those struggles, it was really, really tough. So, you know, someone that was really pivotal in my transformation in my journey is Brene Brown. Her books absolutely transformed my life. I've read every single word and they have truly helped me to be more vulnerable so that it's like the things I'm most afraid to share about. And like you said, I'm an open book. You know, I talk about, you know, struggles with birth control. I talk about everything because I feel like that's why I'm here. There's not really a lot that embarrasses me. and And it's those things that I typically get a flood of women and men saying, I feel that way too. You know, what worked for you? And so I just feel like if I can share really openly and if that helps one person, 10 people, then that's why I was supposed to share it. And this is why I feel your power because there truly is power in vulnerability. I think vulnerability is used to people's advantage now and that's a good thing. But I also think it can be deleterious because we have a lot of people on social media. I'm sure you've seen this where they're being so vulnerable and so open that it's almost like they're just kind of vomiting their life out there. And that's not really of service to anyone. So healthy vulnerability. How would you say that works for you in your life to be vulnerable from a healthy standpoint? Sure. So, I mean, there's certain people in my life who I'm really close to that obviously know so much more than, you know, my podcast listeners or or people on my social media, you know, Brene Brown puts it really well. And she just says that, you know, you share with people who earn the right to hear your story. And I don't share anything that I haven't worked through. So, you know, when I was going through a divorce, you know, seven years ago, sure, I was not sharing it at that moment in my life, I was still very much working through it. And now it is a big part of who I am. It's why I am where I am today. And I'm not afraid to talk about it. And it was a taboo topic. And I'm just so open. I am. I'm careful that I don't share things that like if you came to me and you made a comment on social media, that it would just crumble my world, you know? So there's a difference, I think, between are you seeking people's approval and what they have to say about it? Or are you simply sharing from your heart? And then everything that comes from that is just an added bonus, you know? It's very important that we have this trusting ecosystem around us, right? If we have people in places that we don't necessarily trust, I mean, that's how we sharpen our intuitive sword. I don't think there's a real blanket answer for my question that I just asked you. I think kind of the bigger answer is it depends, right? It does depend. And I think in all honesty, we know, like we know when we're writing a post, if we're writing it from a place of, I want to help people or if we're writing it from a place of, I'm really looking to see what your reaction is going to be. Listen, I'm human. I've had those times and I I don't post it and I tuck it away and I really think about, you know, what is the purpose behind this post? Now, I'm not saying that we have to be overthinking everything, but I think with topics that are like closer to the heart and do tend to be a little bit more taboo, we just want to be more careful that that we honor ourselves. And like, you know, I'm not going to share something that is going to you know, paint my ex-husband in a bad light. That doesn't help anybody. So I want to do it in a really professional way that's going to connect with people. And I think there's lots of ways to do that. I think, you know, at the end of the day, if you're coming from a good place in your heart, it's going to work out. And energy doesn't lie. Amen. I mean, I'm such a believer and, you know, just in the past couple of years having this spiritual transformation, we are all energetic beings. I mean, I think about in high school or college, why I didn't connect with certain people. And it's like, there's nothing wrong. It's just, you're not connecting with their energy. You're right. Energies don't lie. And I always remind myself, no matter what's happened before I go to meet with someone, they deserve 
to meet my real energy. And so I want to bring that forth in everything I do. Do you feel like, Ali, the universe tests us to see if our energy is full of shit or not? Oh. Because I have felt that test even in the creation of Wellness Force and connecting so many great people online and you know all the things we're creating here at Wellness Force. It's been the ultimate test of literally every day the universe is like, are you sure you want to do this? Have oh, you experienced that? Hell yeah. Okay, let's let's give a few tangible examples here. First of all, when I did that event, before the first two events, the first one I got pink eye, the second one on my other eye, I got an eye infection. Like <laughs> it is just known that the universe is going to bring up stuff when you are up leveling. Like when you're leveling up, be ready because that stuff is coming. They want to know how committed are you? You know, my first event, there was more staff people than there were in the actual audience. And I was like, you know what? I take this challenge universe because it wants to see, are you going to show up to these four people that are in the room? Or are you going to say, you know, no, I, I need a room of a hundred people. My Facebook account was hacked back in May. I lost everything, everything. And I was so ticked off. And then I was like, you know what? This is the universe's way of just being like, let's clear out all the old energy and on with the new. And so it really is about your perspective. But holy cow, I am such a believer that you'll be tested for sure. And just know that it's normal. It is. And you're not alone. That's something that I read in your media and I hear on your show so much is that this isolation, it's actually a myth. No one's alone. We think we are though sometimes, right? I mean, you're listening, you're like, yeah, I felt alone. And I mean, most people, they go to alcohol, they go to drugs, they go to food, they go to porn, they go to anything to just check out of the moment. But yet it's a lie. No one's alone. Look at what we're doing right now. We're using technology to connect and reach so many people. There's always a number you can call, a friend you can reach out to. All the options are there. But why do you think, Ali, from a behavioral standpoint, that in that moment, in that inception, we don't realize we can actually take a breath and reach out? Why don't we reach out? Shame. I mean, we have so much shame and guilt around whatever it is that we're battling. And I mean, this hits close to home because I've, I've experienced this many times and it can be very, very difficult. And it's one reason why I feel so passionate about speaking openly about these topics is I think of what were you feeling in that moment when you felt completely isolated from the world? If someone's listening to this right now and can feel like they have someone in their corner you know, in their pocket, you know, cheering them on. That to me is everything. You know, shame is really difficult, but shame lives in a Petri dish. And the minute that you start to shed light on it, it can't survive. It can't survive anymore. And so if you are struggling with something and you're listening to this podcast episode, I encourage you find a friend, find somebody that you trust. I promise you, you're going to just feel the biggest weight lifted off your shoulders. We're meant as humans to collaborate and go through things together. Like whatever you're experiencing, you're not actually meant to go through that alone. And so just know that and be brave, be courageous and tell someone about it. Cause I, I guarantee you, no matter what it is, somebody's going to be able to say, Hey, you know what? Me too. I would love to help you. Here's what worked for me. Gosh, this is so great. I had no idea our conversation was going to go here. This is <laughs> so know. organic. I love this. And it's just a testament to the work that you've done and how you help other people. But, you know, we've talked about this before, the unknown. Let's pivot here. Let's dive a little bit deeper into the unknown because I don't care who you are. There's always going to be major gaps of your life where there's a huge unknown. Do you have any strategies about dealing with this from a tactical level, like ground floor, nuts and bolts type things? You know, I think it's so important to just remember that we are all living in this same space of, of not knowing, not knowing if we even have tomorrow to wake up and breathe. So 
Um, we're all in the same boat in that sense. I think it's so important, even if you are in a job that you don't love, I think it's so important to find the daily joys in what you're doing. But if it really isn't resonating with you, you know, nothing changes if nothing changes. So don't continue sitting there being like, oh, I hate my job. Like do something about it. You know, if it's the business you want to start, if it's the new job that you want to look for, you know, be doing something like that, but make sure that you're finding the daily joys right now. There's so many great things, you know, something that I'll share as I was building my coaching practice, I was a full-time Uber driver. There was a lot of like shame there for me of like, I'm a cab driver. Like I'm a legit cab driver. And then I thought, I have this opportunity to bless every single person that comes in my car. And my husband was continually blown away by how many tips I got. And I was like, you know what I'm doing? I'm just loving on people all day long. I am loving where I'm at. And yet I am still fiercely going after what it is I know I want and what I know I'm in, I, I'm meant to do in this world. So it's, you got to find the daily joys and you've just got to remember that it is a process. It doesn't happen overnight. Um, you're planting the seeds right now and you're watering them. And it might not be today that it happens for me or you, but a year from now, after you've planted those seeds, you're going to be amazed at what has happened. Ali, this is why I knew it was going to be amazing to have you on the podcast because I want to bring up a metaphor right now. And I know you've probably heard of this. It's the Chinese bamboo tree. No. With the Chinese bamboo tree, Les Brown talks about this in, in one of his you know 100 million views on YouTube. Chinese bamboo tree is a very, very hard nut. It has an extremely thick shell. You plant it underground. You have to water it and it needs sunlight every single day for five years. In that fifth year, if it gets watered and it gets light every single day, it grows 90 feet in two weeks. And so the answer is, does it take two weeks or five years? It takes five mm. years to drive the Uber, to do the coaching, to suffer, yes. whatever it is, always focused on what's going to grow, what's going to happen. You know, if you're listening to this and you have thought about someone, oh, you know, it must be nice to be an overnight success. Let's be real here. You saw that person, but they had been going for seven, eight, 15 years before they even made it across your newsfeed. Like it is unbelievable the stories that you can unpack by the people that you think were an overnight success. Like that is the 0.001%. The rest of us, um, we've been working our tails off. We've been like ducks, you know, trying to stay cool and calm collected on top, but things have just been chaos underneath until finally, like you said, like it just grew 90 feet and it didn't happen overnight. That's for sure. And sometimes we get kicked off our path so much that we almost forget where the direction of the path we were walking is, how to go back to it. For me, 2009 is when I first filed my trademark for Wellness Force, 2009. And I got kicked out because of a mental habit that I had where I didn't think I was worthy. And so in 2012, I left fitness completely. So after 10 years, I stopped coaching. I went into the endurance sports industry and I sold technology software. So I was getting all this financial health, but my spirit was dying. And so I got this gift of being fired, but I was so far off the path. I was so completely disconnected from what my heart was telling me that it took kind of the universe bringing in a hard sledgehammer to yeah. position me back. And it sounds like that's so normal for so many of us. Was there a moment like that for you even before the Uber? You know, I talk about this story of, have you ever had a job that you thought was going to be your dream job? And then when you got there, you were like, this is not my dream job. So anticlimactic. I also relate this to idolizing people. I idolize no one because what I can tell you is that when I reached that job, I thought was my dream. When I got to work with those people that I thought that 
They just had it made that their life was all that in a bag of chips. When I saw behind the curtain, it was disturbing. It really rocked my world. And I, I left the industry completely. I stopped teaching, which is, is my first love. I mean, I love teaching group fitness, but I was so shattered by that experience. The only person I can blame is myself. I built this idea of what it was all going to be like, and it, and it wasn't, and it really shattered me. And so I'm really careful now about how I approach things and how I look at people. Sure, I admire them, but I always know that, you know, we've all got our stuff going on. Nobody's perfect. And, you know, even celebrities have their stuff. So for me, that was really something that rocked my world a lot. And it, it forced me to get really clear on what is important to me. What are my core values? What am I willing to forthcome? And what am I willing to say, you know what? Absolutely not. Like, no matter what you ask me to do, like, I, I can't let this slide. So when you look at the law of attraction, you mentioned that before. It's still, by the way, debated, although science has proven that the law of attraction does have a biological, a physiological effect. Yeah. Okay. You can look for any advice or any evidence of anything you believe in. But when you say law of attraction, yeah. what does that actually mean to you for somebody who's possibly not aware of that law even existing? I like to think of it as like attracts like. You know, I like to think of it as, you know, you and I attracted each other because we have similar levels of energy. You know, I think it's not a coincidence when I, I meet someone and they're just this radiant person. I don't think that that's by accident. I think that we meet people and here's a good example. I believe that we date people, we marry people to the level of our own confidence. And I got it right the second time. Um, for some of us, it takes two times. But I, I, I don't believe it's coincidence that I met my husband, who is just a, an eternal optimist, who challenges me, who is an incredible entrepreneur, who is tenfold better than I am in in so many different ways when it comes to entrepreneurship. So I think that there, when it when it comes to the law of attraction, I believe that when you put good out into the world that comes back to you. You know, when you, um, when you give someone a tip or when you think you don't have the money and you give it away anyways, you have no idea how that's going to come back to you. You might receive a check in the mail for a hundred bucks and you're like, dude, I only gave that guy $2 tip and I got a hundred dollars. You know, it's, it's stuff like that where I feel like when your mind opens to that world, you will be blown away by the things that come into, into your world, into your vortex. It's so fun. It's like a magic game. It really is. And it really is truly a game. It's just that sometimes we're not always sure what the rules are. Yes. Right? We get confused about the rules. We get in our own way. Remember I said before how we, we have these big dreams that we want, but then we're so afraid of what's going to happen when we actually get there. We spend so much of our time deflecting stuff from coming to us because there's still things we haven't worked through. And so we're obviously not ready for whatever reason for those things to come into our life. Um, and so whether those that's fears or or you know, self-doubt, whatever it is, we need to work through those things before we're truly ready for those things to come into our life. Oh my gosh. Everyone can relate to this. Have you ever bitten off something more than you can chew? I'm raising yes. my hand because yes. we, we've all been there, right? So we have this big dream. And by the way, the last thing you want to do is get to the place where you think you've been dreaming of and then know in your deepest core that you weren't ready and you just wanted the thing so much. It's like you weren't willing to take enough breaths to get there. When we look at action, massive action versus calm, centered, inspired action, there's a difference between the two. And you've talked about this. What's the difference between the two? One is the massive action that Tony Robbins talks about. The other is that calmer, centered, focused, inspired action. How would you segment the two? Love me some Tony. Okay. So I think that we live in a culture that loves to talk about taking action, right? Tony's all about taking action. And I agree to a certain extent, but I also agree that, listen, if you're not happy in your job, 
you can be taking a shit ton of action and not be happy, um, not feel like it's congruent with who you are as a person. So I think that if you can get into alignment and what that basically means is just make sure that you are in your truest form, that you're listening to your heart, that you are doing what you love, what makes you happy, what brings you joy. When you take action from that place, very different than taking action from a place of of fear. And and, and that's not to say that there isn't going to be fear there because there is, but it's very different than like you're unhappy, you're hustling, you're hustling, right? Like I'm anti-hustler. I'm like 80% mindset. Let's work on the mind. Let's work on the attraction. 20% action. Because if I'm taking action from that place, everything else is being brought to me. That's the coolest thing is I no longer have to do this on my own. I have this whole world that's working with me as long as I'm showing up and and doing good in the world, you know, and, and, and giving back and helping other people. So I think you just have to know, like, from what place are you taking action? Are you inspired or are you just kind of doing it to meet the status quo and because you think it's what you should do because people can shit all over you, but should you do it? <laughs> the should monster. They talked about that in Finding Joe, the movie. I don't know if you've seen Finding Joe, Gay Hendricks. So many famous people are in that film. We'll link it in our show notes today for this beautiful conversation. My last segment of the show, I really want to explore some action for people because we just talked about massive action versus inspired, calm, centered action. How can people get clear on that? Is it that they need to take time away? Do they need to take two days off of work? Do they need to go out in nature? Where do they find that calm confidence so they can then figure out what their inspired action step will be. Okay, so I'm going to relate this a lot to fitness because I do feel like it's very similar. There is no one prescription, right? What fitness works for you and what lights you up, it might be totally different from me. So when it comes to how to find that inspired action, that really comes from you. Maybe that's taking a vacation. You know, we love to travel and it's like I get two days in and all I want to do is work. All I want to do is work on my business. It's like the minute I'm removed from everything, I get this download of inspiration, taking a walk, going out into the woods, being unplugged. Maybe that's just simply um, doing some meditation. It could be uh, in a fitness class, could be so many different things, but remembering that this is you, this is your call. It doesn't have to be what I'm doing. It has to resonate with you. And so it's, it's going to be trial and error for sure, but you're going to know. I mean, again, the more you quiet the chatterbox, the more you start to recognize, oh, this is what I actually want. Shutting down the monkey mind can be challenging. I'm sure there's literally millions of articles about this online. What's your go-to for shutting down that monkey mind in your own life? Mm, So some people will talk about like almost just brushing it off and, or, or, or kind of like being mean to it and how it's been described to me. And this really resonated was it's actually your inner child. And it really hit home for me. Like when, when we really had these conversations of, of, so for me, I go by Allie, but my full name is Allison. I only get called that either when I'm in trouble or when my husband wants to push my buttons. But when this got described to me, it was all this chatter of you're not good enough. Da, 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 da. This is my inner child saying, I'm terrified. I'm terrified of you doing these things because I don't know what this looks like. And so instead of brushing it off, it's acknowledging and coming together and just being like, Hey, it's totally okay. Like I'm going to take care of you. We're in this together. You don't, I'm not going to leave you on an Island. We're going to go, um, we're going to ride off into the sunset and do this as a team. So that really resonated for me when someone described it to me like that. 
so powerful. And I just want to take this opportunity to share just a bit about what you're talking about in my life. Our focus today has been on you and your story, but this so relates to what you're saying, because I think for the longest time, I just kind of felt like I was marching to the beat of my own drum. I thought I was crazy. I'm like, why do I have all this anxiety throughout the day? Like, what actually is this? And then I found the work of past life regressions. And I started to understand that sometimes the anxiety we feel in our current experience here in this body, it actually could be left over from generations, from grandparents things like that. So I guess really my summation here is we don't always have to know exactly why we feel a certain way. What's most important that I've learned, Ali, and I'd love for you to touch on this, is really what we want to create. It's putting our energy towards while also acknowledging that the feelings are there. And as you said, not beating up the child that just wants to be seen. I want to recognize something that you said, which is when those feelings come in and you don't know what they mean, being okay with that, like being okay with sitting in how that stuff feels because I think for so long, my struggles came from, like, I would suffocate myself. I would try to just like push it down. And it was like in this giant pressure cooker, just ready to freaking pop instead of just, you know, like sometimes I'll just tell my husband, like, man, I'm just, I'm feeling off today. Like, I'm, I'm just, I'm not feeling that great. And so he's like, okay, go take a walk. Like he knows the things that get me out of it. So I think it's great to have those tools in your toolbox of what helps you to shift into that next gear really quick? So for me, taking a walk, um, working out, um, great music, like my power playlist, you know, there, there are certain things I can do that can immediately shift me. And again, I would encourage people, find what those things are for you because they can be so powerful from taking you from, you know, as Tony Robbins says, changing your state. When you can change someone's physiology, it's game over. Well, there is obviously no blueprint for creating this life we love, but I think you've touched on many gems in this conversation. Allie, this is the last part of the show. I'm going to ask you seven fast questions for your truth. Are you ready? (laughs) Okay, I'm ready. The first one is, as a conscious woman in a relationship, what is your guiding light there? What makes you successful as a conscious woman in a relationship now in this modern age? I genuinely love being married and I... I no longer worry about the little things. I think that there's so much else that I could be putting my energy towards. And so I just accept my husband for who he is. And we have conversations when we need to. But I really try to spend more time on focusing on what I appreciate about who he is and what he does. And I find that we stay in a really even keel, awesome place because we both consciously choose to make that decision. What makes you crack up in life? What makes you laugh the most? Oh, man, I love humor. I'm known for always wearing two different socks. My sister makes fun of me all the time. I never have matching socks. I don't know what happens to them. They always go missing. But man, I just, I I love humor. I love, you know, funny videos, so many different things. Who's a dream guest for your podcast or somebody that you'd love to interview? Oh man, Uh, Brene Brown by far. If you're listening to this, girl. Let's do it. I mean, she's come up in so many podcasts. I want to say in the last 20 (laughs) interviews, Allie, all these world-class influencers, they're mentioning Brene Brown over and over again. So she is definitely one of mine too. What types of foods do you throw into your bag when you go on a plane? What's healthy foods for you that give you energy and don't make you feel tired? Yeah. Okay. So I I always have some RX bars. I always have some um, Epic bars, plantain chips. I take some packets of, of nut butter. I'm a peanut butter girl. You know, I buy those like those packets of baby food so I can have my veggies on the plane. So I always have those and probably like an organic bar of chocolate. That is such a good idea. I've never thought about adults eating baby food on a plane. Oh yeah. Oh, I've had so many comments and I'm just over here with my little sippy cup. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Who's the child? Totally. What is one of your deepest edges right now? You you mentioned about the Uber and working through those fears, but now you're stepping into serving, you know, even more thousands of people. What's one of your edges that you're leaning into right now? You know, really taking public speaking to the next level. It's something that I've always loved. Um, I'm in Toastmasters actually, which is so fun. I highly recommend it to anyone um, who's who's wanting to get better at public speaking. But really wanting to take that, I feel so deeply passionate about going offline. Um, it's actually not really something that resonates with me a ton. I do it because I like it and I want to connect. But I'm all about this face-to-face. I feel like there is absolutely nothing that can replace this kind of connection. And I feel like we are yearning as a society for more of this. No doubt. The life you love, it's all over your website. It's kind of who you are. What does that mean to you to create this life you love? A life that excites me, a life that gets me excited to get out of bed, to serve the world every day, to just show up as my best self. And I truly wish that for everyone. I believe that we all, I believe that it's in the cards for all of us. I think that as we talked about that, that chatter sometimes will make us think that we don't deserve it for some reason. And I'm here to absolutely dismantle that. You absolutely deserve it. Each of us deserve to do and be and live a life that we absolutely are wildly excited about. There's a question that I always wrap up with, and I'm so curious what you're going to say, and it's around wellness. We talk about this intersection of emotional intelligence, of physical intelligence. Is at this point in your life now, what does wellness mean to you? How would you define wellness in your life? Mm. Whatever makes me feel great. You know, if I wake up on a certain day where I would normally lift weights and I feel like going for a walk instead or doing yoga, that is what wellness means to me now. Um, you know, wellness means going out with my niece and she asks me to have an ice cream cone and I eat it without even having a second thought. It's living my life and and everything should be able to fit into that. And having that flexibility now is, it just makes everything more fun. The words that come up for me when you said that was permission and awareness. Both permission. of those things. Yes. Yes. Well, people can learn so much more about you at readyfit.com. Also, Ali Ready, A-L-I-R-E-T-I.com. But where can they connect more? Where can they get some one-on-one time with you? Where can they interact with you on social? Give us all the goods. Yeah, absolutely. So probably the best place would be my podcast, the Activate a Life You Love podcast. You can just type in my name, Allie Reddy, and it'll pop up. Um, and then I hang out a lot on Instagram and it's just Allie underscore R-E-T-I Reddy. Um, I do a lot of stories. And then I'm also on Facebook as well. It's actually Allie Reddy Events is my Facebook page or you can friend me on Facebook. So that's where I'm hanging out. I do have a YouTube channel. I'll be doing more stuff on. So that's where I hang. Allie, so much fun to connect with you. This was a real connection, an organic connection that just happened to be recorded on a podcast. So such a joy to have you on the show. Likewise. Thank you so much. Hey, my friend. Thank you for hanging out and growing with me on today's show. Remember to hit subscribe, share this podcast with somebody you care about that you think gets to hear this message. Support the show by leaving a five-star review for the podcast right now, simply by tapping on your show artwork on your iPhone. Click that purple link that says review this podcast. It helps the show reach more conscious and smart people like you, and your voice will attract more world-class guests that want to come on the show. So let them hear your voice. 
For all the downloads, videos, links, and free resources mentioned on the episode, go to wellnessforce.com forward slash radio. And while you're at my house on the web, join us in the Wellness Force community newsletter on that page and I'll send you four free guides around staying healthy with your eating, moving, and sleeping while you travel. Join a group of people like you over at the Wellness Force community Facebook page. This is where we talk about the things that really matter. We share our wins, inspirations, struggles, and a lot more. So join us, tap on the show artwork on your phone and hit that purple link that says join the Facebook group and I will welcome you at the door. Okay, now you get to go out into your world and create impact for the people that you care about. So until I see you again real soon, I'm wishing you love and wellness.